Welcome to the Partnership Economy. This podcast explores the power of partnerships through candid conversations with industry leaders. Join our hosts, Dave Yavano, CEO, and Todd Crawford, co-founder of Impact.com, as they unpack the future of partnerships as a lever for scale and an opportunity to put the consumer first. Welcome back to the Partnership Economy podcast. This is your host, Dave Yavano, and I'm excited to introduce today's guest, Patrick McKenna. Patrick is the CEO of DMI Partners, a digital marketing agency that he founded in 2003. Over the past 20 years, Patrick has grown DMI into a leading agency for affiliate and CRM services for some of the largest brands in the DTC, retail, and CPG categories. His industry expertise really shines through in our conversation. In this episode, we discuss how the partnership channel has changed over the last two decades. In the past, customers weren't as savvy when navigating ads, and agencies really had to educate brands on what partnerships were and how to create engagement. Today, the challenge lies with attribution, incrementality, and effectively finding new customers. Patrick gives a great breakdown on how to build successful partnerships with affiliates, commerce content partners, and creators, and with some great examples along the way. He also highlights what to avoid when creating a new partnership. I highly recommend listening to this episode for a deep dive into all things partnerships. Welcome back to the Partnership Economy Podcast. I'm excited to announce this week's guest, Patrick McKenna, CEO of DMI Partners. Thanks for coming on the show, Patrick. How are you doing today? Doing great. Good to be here, Dave. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Hey, to start off, you know, I know our listeners always enjoy hearing a little bit about the people that we're speaking with and the journey that they've been on. You're the CEO of a very successful digital marketing agency. Can you just maybe share a little bit about the milestones that kind of led up to where you are today? Totally. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, So I started DMI 19 years ago. I was only a few years out of college and um, started the business with my college roommate and teammate, uh, formerly on the rowing team. Um, at Harvard University, you know, when we started the business, our goal was really to become experts in sales and marketing. And the way to do that was really to become an agency, but our goal wasn't to be an agency at the beginning. And, and, you know, 19 years ago, the digital marketing ecosystem was very different from what it is today. Um, But a lot of the kind of core tenants of how we went to market at those early stages hold true today in terms of, you know, being really uh, data, you know, data uh, influenced in how we make all of our decisions, really focusing on our clients, really building creative campaigns, leveraging the tools and the opportunities that the digital ecosystem provides and driving success for our clients. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of things that happened over the course of those 19 years, but, you know, those core tenants remain the same. And I think the the best thing I have is, you know, picking my you know partner in the business as my college roommate and good friend, kind of like, I think was a good starting point for the business and then has really inspired us to kind of keep growing with really talented people. And today our team is just amazing and they drive tremendous results for our clients. And I couldn't say more about the great work that, that they do and the talent that they bring to the table. Sounds like you, what you started with was just curiosity uh, in digital marketing. And that's, you know, led you to you know, basically build a great business. Really exciting to see that. So I would say as an expert, right, um, that, that you have become in this industry for a long time now, there's been a lot of evolution and changes, just especially in the last five to 10 years. Could you maybe share a little bit about what it was like starting out and compare that to, 
you know, what it takes now for brands. I mean, you're mostly working with, you know, some of the world's largest brands and smaller brands. Maybe you can share a little insight on the types of brands that you work with, with this, but you know, what was it like, you know, cutting through the noise, connecting with customers back then when you first started 19 years ago to what it takes now and being more relevant to uh, consumers today? I think the biggest struggle we had back then was just familiar, familiarizing our clients um, and advertisers, advertisers broadly and what was happening with the internet and what the marketing opportunities were. The other biggest difference is people used to click on regular old banner ads, you know, buying ads on the homepage of Yahoo or on news article pages got really high click-through rates. The thing that has held true is just authentic experiences are really what wins out when you're able to really, you know, create value propositions for users who are viewing content, who are coming to websites, who are looking to get access to a product or to understand what the best product is for them. The more authentic that experience can be and the less feeling as if it's advertising, the better off that experience is going to be for everyone. It's going to be better for the publisher because it's going to be a more valuable engagement. It's going to be much better for the user and it's going to be better for the advertiser. So always focusing on that element is really where we've seen the most success. Um, you know, when we started 19 years ago, you know, there, there really wasn't much advertising, even on the search engines. There was social media didn't exist really back then. Um, you know, you couldn't advertise on Google, um, even back then. So the world is very different from a digital ecosystem, but I think that the way we think about partnerships really kind of today really is, is the kind of the through line for all of that work. We actually launched our first affiliate program for Mitchell and Ness 18 years ago. Um, and it was all about building those relationships. Mitchell Ness is a licensee of the, you know, four major sports leagues. They make, you know, retro throwback apparel. And there's a million websites out there that are out there talking about, you know, Mickey Mantle and Lou Gehrig and uh, Dr. J and Moses Malone and all of these, you know, historical figures and, you know, finding those, those websites 18 years ago and trying to get them to want to promote our clients through an affiliate program was really the first place that we started uh, building that authentic uh, connection. You know, just maybe shifting a little bit more into some of the tactics that your agency has really kind of pioneered and, and innovated is, is helping brands become a little bit more native with the content that's being published. Something that you and I talk about as commerce content, right? All this content publishing, even from major uh, media houses, right? CNN underscored and all the Meredith brands, Condé Nast brands, they have full-blown shopping sections now uh, within their websites and they're talking a lot about products. Could you uh, maybe share a little bit about that specific strategy that your agency deploys to help brands kind of, you know, be a little bit more of the, instead of like being advertising around the content, you know, their products and their brands are being talked about as the content itself. That's what we call commerce content. Can you share a little bit more about that concept and, and what you're doing there? Totally. Yeah. And, and I think maybe just to pull back a second, I think going back 18 years ago to start the conversation, I think might be helpful there because, you know, the, the framing of partnerships is really the key to that. Um, and so 18 years ago, we launched our first affiliate program for a client of ours, Mitchell Ness, and it was really about creating these partnerships between content curators who were building content around, you know, uh, sports, uh, you know, former athletes, cause they make a lot of retro throwback apparel. So looking at Mickey Mantle blogs and stat websites that were keeping track of NBA statistics and creating marriages between those websites that were talking about historical figures and this purveyor of goods for people who are interested in those products. 
uh, and that licensed apparel. And that was our first affiliate campaign that we launched. And that like authentic partnership experience is really what drove success for that campaign 18 years ago. And that's really what we're doing today. And, and, and when you talk about those content commerce opportunities, it's really about providing, you know, the publisher providing content to their audience that's valuable to them. Um, that's, you know, inline content that they're able to, you know, demonstrate some value, whether it's a, a gift guide heading into the holiday season or, um, or a review of a product set. Um, and then they're able to publish that to their audience. And then they're able to create engagement with advertisers where they're able to say, okay, well, let's look at all of the folks who are offering these mattresses or, um, meal kits or um, exercise equipment. And then they're able to go through and really evaluate them the way they normally would, but they're going to create some engagement for their audiences and they're going to get paid um, transparently to the user uh, on a commission basis for those sales that they're able to drive through that. And I use them <laughs> as a customer, right? If I'm looking to buy a gift for my mother for Mother's Day, I'm going to you know, go to CNN Underscore and see what you know, gift options they have and see if there's something that I think would stand out well for her. And so I think like it's highly relevant co content to their audience. It's a great engagement with the advertisers. Our role there is really to have the clients that we have, and we have tremendous clients who, you know, best in class products, they do great work for their customers. And so to, to sell that story to our content partners and, and have them understand why this is relevant to that audience at that point in time. Um, and obviously it has to work, right? Because they have to drive the revenue from, from folks. So it has to be relevant. And, and, you know, similar to the revolution that, you know, Google put on paid search where they, you know, started adding click-through rate into the algorithm that defined who was going to rank higher in the paid search results. The same thing is really true from a commission standpoint in the, in the content commerce world where, you know, those, publishers, Condé Nast, the CNN Discord, they're going to really focus on the partners that are going to be highly relevant and therefore drive the most revenue for, for them because it's highly relevant to their audience. And so they're going to click through that and ultimately purchase that product. So, so, so you, you previously talked about the importance of authenticity, like in the early days, you know, even of starting DMI partners. Um, how do you strike that balance, right? Because you, you know, you're engaging that publisher, like you said, in that PR um, business development sort of motion, but you're, you're not like writing the content. You're not handing them an ad saying, run this, right? You're trying to get them to buy in and understand the products and the brands that, um, that you're bringing to them. Uh, can you maybe just share a little bit about how you strike that balance between authenticity? I'm assuming that in some ways you're trusting them to connect with their audience uh, in, in, in their way. Um, how do you do that? Totally. I mean, so we hundred percent, they, you know, they're writing the content, they're kind of doing the review, they're deciding, you know, what should be featured where we hope to guide them in that process to help them understand the benefits that maybe they may not see right away or that, um, what we see from reviews of the products later on. Um, there's obviously some clients that have specific things that we you can't really say because we don't want them to be promoting something that's not really true. So we want to be really clear about that with each of the, the partners, but it's really kind of up to them to do that review. And it, it has to be done that way, right? Like they have to write the way their audience is used to, you know, hearing from them and that's going to be unique to the publication. And so that's, I think where the authenticity kind of really comes home is that 
we're telling them all of the reasons that we think they should like it. They should hopefully experience that as well and, and get to you know experience some of the benefits of, of why this is a good product for their audience. But ultimately, they've got to communicate it in the style and the fashion that they feel is correct and is rings true to their audience. So that's really where that, that stops from our standpoint to make that really be authentic. Yeah, you know what that also reminds me of is uh, how brands are attempting to work with influencers or creators today. It sounds like a very like similar sort of um, type of engagement between brands and creators. Are you also working with those types of partnerships for your clients? Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean the influencer you know marketplace for us is a you know a rapidly growing area that we're focusing on, and really have been for the last three or four years as we've been really driving a lot of those kind of authentic um, engagements. Um, you know, there's a lot of folks who would consider themselves influencers um, on various social media platforms. And, and for us, it's, it's just from an efficiency standpoint, we've got to focus on the ones that are going to feel the most authentic. And so they're like the, the strive to be really authentic. There really starts at the beginning um, really thinking about who the right audience is, who are the right folks who are going to be, you know, feel like they're going to actually be people using the products and services of a given advertiser and their audience is going to be highly relevant. Um, the way they communicate, you know, is similar to how the brand likes to communicate what they feature in their product, in their, in their posts, in their, um, whatever kind of form they're, they're, leveraging their influence and making sure that those posts are relevant to what the client would want. If you're enjoying this podcast and want to learn how partnerships can help your business, visit impact.com, the world's leading partnership management platform. What else, what else should a brand avoid uh, when trying to form a, a commerce content partnership, for example, with either a publisher or, or a creator? I mean, I, I think, um, the you know the advertisers that I think struggle the most they they don't necessarily take the time to do that analysis of like how does what I'm offering um, at various points in time throughout the year marry up to that content so just because I have a a product that I think is really good you know how does that you know how can I leverage that quality product at various points in the year to create some engagement for a given audience because there has to be some element of um, seasonality of an event of a promotion of a product release something that you know you're able to leverage in order to create attention at a point in time and that's really what's gonna uh, what's gonna drive that i think also advertisers really have to like want to be competitive they have to have to want to be trying to attack market share they want to be thinking about who are the competitors that are out there that are trying to that they're trying to attack or they're trying to attack them from their position in the marketplace and really think about how they can be aggressive when they're going after this content, whether that's from a commission standpoint, a promotion standpoint, or, you know, again, featuring the, you know, the differences of the different products, they have to provide some sort of compelling reason to kind of want to create that incentive for the user to take a chance on them. So. One thing I was really curious to get your specific um, opinion and, and insights on is, is the word affiliate. You and I have both been in the affiliate uh, marketing industry for a long time. But in my experience, the word affiliate uh, has been associated primarily with a pricing model, right? A commission on a sale, as opposed to display advertising, you know, has many forms of pricing, right? The CPM, CPC, CPA. Uh, do you think the word affiliate is kind of holding back the industry to, 
evolving more uh, just because it's so closely tied to commission only? I would, my, 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 my quick answer is no. I, 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 don't, I don't think it holds it back because we're always talking about understanding um, and trying to create shared understanding. And I think having a common starting point of a commission-based engagement is a great starting point. And I think, you know, we don't suggest to any of our clients that 100% of the work that we're going to do is on a purely going to be on a purely commission basis. Um, we do have some clients where almost all of the work we do is on a commission basis. That's a very small number of clients, but we never would set that as an expectation. And similarly with a partner, we would never suggest that that's 100% of the only way we're ever going to engage with them. Like I just said, sometimes it's more profitable, quite frankly, for our clients to not have that structure. Um, for the perfect engagement, a, a fixed fee structure where the, the partner is going to really understand what they're going to get out of the engagement. And we feel really confident that we're going to be able to drive a lot of revenue through that placement. We may lean in that direction. But I do think the common understanding of it being a, you know, a commissionable partnership where we're expecting that authenticity to go two ways. We want the advertiser to get a lot of value from a revenue standpoint, and we want you to be incentivized to be able to you know, place that in your you know, website or area of influence. Um, in a way that's going to create that maximum amount of engagement, I think makes, you know, fundamental sense when you're starting the conversation. So. And plus also in that arrangement, like, you know, the, 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 the brand isn't um, like dictating as much, right. They're not handing an ad over saying, just run this right. Where they're in full control, including the risk of the response to that. Right. I think the other thing to understand too, is I think the engagement between the advertiser and the partner is not, extremely clear, right? So when you go buy an ad unit, like think about the old 18 years ago, banner ad on Yahoo, there was a, a leaderboard that you were buying. Um, and that's what you were you know, paying a CPM for. When you're doing programmatic today, or you're doing OTT today, you're, you know what you're paying. And in, in the partnership affiliate landscape that we work in today, when we're engaging with CNN underscored, we're not buying a specific placement within an article. You know, we don't know exactly where the placement's going to be, the words that are going to be around that until it gets published. And at the point that we're making the marriage, we don't really have full transparency as to exactly what it is that the ad unit is. And it would be harder to kind of create a very tight box around that. Yeah. You know what I'm just realizing is that I think truly like you're, you're one of the few uh, very experienced agencies who are more mature and evolved in your way of thinking. In fact, you're, it sounds like your agency even started with this deeper uh, partnership sort of strategy. I think a lot of people in the traditional affiliate marketing space have, have, have for decades now operated with this kind of churn and burn, very transactional, you know, give me a, give me a, a kind of a lower discount so I can run that coupon. Oh, you're not going to drop it that much. Well, I'm just going to go run the next competing campaign. And you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a lot of cash back, a lot of uh, loyalty rewards campaign, you know, nature essentially um, very transactional, right. Without, you know, like, like, we, like we've been talking about this whole time, like going deeper to kind of understand, you know, the products and get behind these brands and produce higher value commerce content in, in, in its many forms um, as the primary content that, that consumers are, are demanding today. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I mean, I do think there's a lot of value to be had in the loyalty in the deal and the coupon partners as well. Um, in some ways, the same level of 
creativity and strategy goes into how you create those partnerships and how you structure those partnerships and and even how you structure the promotional opportunities with the advertiser when you're going to those partners. And obviously there's a lot of um, return on, on dollars spent there as well. Um, but I think as we, as we see the industry move to focus more on incrementality and focus more on attribution, that's where we see us winning with our clients by um, focusing on those other kind of content commerce partners or on the influencer strategy and really, cause we're really, trying to capture new markets, right? We're trying to capture new customers, new audiences, introduce the product to folks who may have, you know, never heard about a hydro rowing machine. And they think that they need to go to a gym to be able to use a rowing machine. So, yeah. And that's the other thing that I think is driving growth for this entire industry is, is that change in consumer behavior? I think there's a lot of buying happening right now, a lot of consumerism, people are just buying a lot of stuff and there's a lot of choice of things to buy. Uh, and it's, it's just, it's, uh, it's not realistic that, you know, an ad is going to cut through today with all the noise that's out there, get somebody to respond to that ad and go by in a, in a unilateral sort of decision-making process that just doesn't exist. I think the, the, the challenge there is there is so much noise, right? And so how do you create the right strategy to, you know, find the path through the noise to find the right circles of influence, the right influencers, the right websites, the right partners that you're going to be able to kind of create that really good engagement because it is a little bit, you're a brand is taking a little bit of a risk, right? When they create, when they reach out to a part, even when they just reach out to a partner. And so you've got to do the right work upfront to make sure that the strategy that you're employing, when you do that outreach, when you're finding that, that, uh, that audience that you're doing what you need to do in order to make sure that it's an authentic experience. So, you know, what you're saying is that it does require some work and some different workflows, um, you know, to get started and to scale. So at a high level, if a brand were to come to you and ask if partnerships can really move the needle for their business, I mean, what would you say? Is that is that time and effort investment worthwhile? Does it pay off right away? Does it require more work up front? So we really believe in the channel. It will pay off. <laughs> um, we see that consistently for our clients, it does take an investment, right? Like, you know, it, it's not something that you're going to go and you're going to turn on a handful of partners. And then the next thing you know, you're going to be generating, you know, 10, 15% of your revenue through the affiliate channel. Really, it's going to take an investment of time and energy of, of doing all of that work to think about the products, the, uh, their release schedule, the, you know, the benefits of, you know, how their products work with different audiences at different points in time and different events that are happening throughout the year, building the relationship, building the trust with all of the different partners, having them experience it, having them do a promotion and see some success from it. Um, it definitely is going to take some time and investment from their standpoint. I loved how we started this conversation because you took us back to a time when that information didn't exist. <laughs> like you had an ad that told somebody about it and like, you know, maybe they would buy it and then keep it, but not happy with it. You know, it's, you know, stayed in the corner and never used sort of thing. But now people can really flush out, is this a good purchase for me or not? Um, and it's, uh, I think that's, that's what's exciting, honestly, about uh, this industry. I think that's what keeps us going. hundred percent. I think the more considered a purchase is, the better that customer is going to be too, right? So ultimately, you know, an impulse purchaser can be great from a revenue standpoint, but if it's a really considered purchase, it's going to be a better customer because they're going to have thought long and hard about the different options available to them. And they're going to, you know, be more likely to feel positive about the money that they've invested with our advertiser. And then they're going to be able to, 
you know, feel better about providing a review for that or coming back and purchasing again or recommending it to one of their friends and using one of the other affinity channels to do that. So I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, we went back a hundred years to talking about radio and TV and, and up until like recently, even still now, like we have abused the consumer. We've given them such a horrible, interruptive, disruptive, let's cram an ad uh, down your throat in many different ways. And with this recent pushback, you know, we're, we're you know, consumer, the privacy changes and people trying to block things and whatnot. This is, this is the other big opportunity, I think, for brands. When I talk about being, being more relevant to the consumer, it's acknowledging the fact that, you know, they're fed up with this interruptive, disruptive behavior from marketers um, for the last 100 years. And if you can find a way to forge a partnership with the folks that, are, that they're going to for trusted information about whether this is a good product or not, it does, at the end of the day, create a much better consumer experience. And we should all be excited about that. Hundred percent. I mean, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I just, I think that's the goal of what we're trying to do here: create that great partnership where there's value added to everyone along the way, um, and really kind of share in that engagement through an authentic experience. All right, Patrick, we're getting uh, towards the end of our time here, and I wanted to just a uh, final topic question to kind of put out there to you. I always love to ask about top trends that are on your mind. What trends are you seeing, noticing in the digital marketing industry today? Yeah, for for us, it's really. Uh, especially with uh, some of the challenges in the broader economy is really about, you know, making sure every ad dollar counts and really thinking about attribution, um, thinking about investing the dollars in the, in the best places um, to get the return, you know, in the short and medium and even long-term. And so that's where we're really focused today. And that's really where we're seeing the most success from our clients broadly across the digital ecosystem, but even specifically within affiliate and partnerships, really looking at clients doubling down on finding the places where they're going to get the best return on their dollars and, you know, create new customer engagements. And, and that's where we're seeing the most success for our clients today. Are you seeing uh, more publications being open to, to partnerships, whereas in the past, you know, they've been more focused on ads to monetize? Do you see that, that as a channel, as a trend kind of opening up where more publishers are open to the partnerships that you're that you're looking for. I think we are a little biased because that's partly our job <laughs> is to create that. So I would say yes, a hundred percent. But I think that's that's largely driven because you know that's what our team is doing out there. We're out there, you know, knocking on doors and trying to create those connections. You know, demonstrate the value of this channel for those those publishers of those partners. Um, and I think, you know, tell the story of why other folks are seeing success and really demonstrate that value for them. And then as they test it and see the opportunity, they're able to then replicate that success um, for themselves. Very good. And and then how about any trends around the format of content, for example, video versus, you know, mobile or uh, any, any, any other form of posting uh, photos? Yeah, I mean, I think for, I mean, I think there's obviously there's a lot. Um, there's a greater amount of video content um, and greater attention to video. I think partly that's being driven, you know, from a continued move away from linear TV that we've seen over the last, you know, 10 years. Um, but I think also partly that's being driven by an investment in, you know, in TikTok as a marketing channel and really creating video content for there. And so we see opportunities, you know, more opportunities probably coming in the next two, three years to leverage this channel for uh, video, video ads. So. We're excited about that opportunity as well. Excellent. Well, Patrick, thank you for joining me in such an insightful conversation. Very appreciative of your time here. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. 
Thank you, Dave. It was a pleasure talking with you as always. It was great to look back at how much this industry has transformed over the years and what we need to be paying attention to today. As innovative partners like commerce content publishers continue to grow, brands have to take advantage of these opportunities to stay relevant and easily discoverable. As Patrick mentioned, there's a balance to perfect here between selling your brand to these partners while still allowing them to give their authentic opinions. One point that really stood out to me was the importance of seasonality. Patrick really highlighted that brands have to think about the timing and the relevance of their product when reaching out to partners. Mirroring your partnership with the right season, event, or promotion is hugely important to building out your strategy. Patrick also provided some strong tips on how to make sure that you're investing dollars in the right places to get short, medium, and long-term returns. Thank you, Patrick, for joining us on the Partnership Economy Podcast, and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to The Partnership Economy, brought to you by Impact.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the show and rate and review it on Apple Podcasts.